Pandora lunch box. Pandora lunch box. Well, I didn't expect to do the wacky Pandora theme. I brought that by mistake. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture. My name is Mike, and today it's sort of an election edition of Pandora's Lunchbox because food is what we need to deal. It's comfort food to help us deal with a very strange year. And while with wacky music to begin with, it's it's all very confusing. I'm going to try not to be partisan or parmesan for that matter, but I will do the following. There's going to be a chicken theme somewhere later in the show. I don't remember what it's going to be, but let's just get started with cooking a chicken. And after this song, I will tell you why I'm playing this song. How about that? Oh, 
you, honey, darling, baby, dear. And anytime you wonder what I want after a long, hard day, baby, cook a chicken, baby, cook a chicken, baby, cook a chicken. Cook a chicken, baby. That is Whit Hill and Cook a Chicken from her album Sofa. Cook a sofa if you'd like to. Whit Hill, formerly of Ann Arbor, now of Nashville. She brings folks up from Nashville once a year for the Nash Bash over at Carytown area there. And why a chicken on a show that's somewhat vaguely related to the election coming up? Because, well, here are some food that we found in political slogans, neatly packed for your deliciousness. A chicken in every pot and a car in every garage. That was a 1928 U.S. presidential campaign slogan of Herbert Hoover, according to Wikipedia. However, there's been some dispute as to whether Herbert Hoover actually said that at all. In fact, Henry IV of France, who ran for president quite a long time ago, is said to have originated the phrase, a chicken in every pot. The context for that, the context for that phrase translated into English as follows. If God keeps me, I will make sure that no peasant in my realm will lack the means to have a chicken in the pot on Sunday. Or a pheasant lacking a chicken. That's a, that's a lovely idea, too. But that's a slogan that may or may not have actually come from the Herbert Hoover presidential campaign. We also have four more years of the, of the full dinner pail, the 1900 U.S. slogan for William McKinley's run for president, Rum, Romanism, and Rebellion. In the presidential election of 1884, Republicans attacked the opposition for their views against prohibition. Rum, Romanism, and Rebellion. Mm -mm. More recently, somewhat so, Jimmy Carter in 1976, not just peanuts. There you go. He was a peanut farmer. There you go. And who can forget, Where's the Beef? used by Walter Mondale in primaries against Gary Hart in 1984, and that, of course, came from Clara Peller on the commercial. Was it Wendy's? I believe it was. Perhaps more importantly to this show, however, there is fortunately a song called Where's the Beef, and we're going to hear that right now. If this helps you in any way to make a decision next Tuesday on the election, I apologize. But this is Where's the Beef by Gary Dane. To be specific, it says on the 45, Gary Dane of Where's the Beef fame presents... Where's the beef? Because he's of Where's the Beef fame. He's a new national star, it says here. This came out in 1984. This was recorded in Canton, Michigan, in Talent Live Recording Studios. Everybody sing along. I'm sure you know the words. Here we go. I 
was partying late just the other night, and I was getting real hungry when I saw the light, so I wheeled on in and tried to park my ride. But I don't like pickles and all that stuff, so I just said ketchup, that's enough. Would you believe that little punk asked me to step aside? Well, I waited for a while, and when it finally come, that sucker sitting on top of this big old bun, I looked inside, jumped up, and yelled, where's the beef? Where's the beef? Hey, where's the beef? If I don't get more, I'm gonna call the police. Where's the beef? Hey, where's the beef? The size of this all beef patty is beyond belief. Now the next time you're one of them fast food chains, don't let them be cheating and playing them games. But don't look like I did on TV, say, where's the beef? They won't hurry and you gotta go say, hey, you slower molasses in snow. If you don't hurry up, I'm gonna break your teeth. So if your soda is watered and you get cold fries, you don't gotta take that off of them guys. Remember that sweet old lady and say, where's the beef? Where's the beef? Hey, where's the beef? If I don't get more, I'm gonna go. Well, aren't you? That is Where's the Beef by Gary Dane, a local 45, came out in 1984 out of Canton. It was recorded in Canton, I should say, on the Sepico, perhaps that's the pronunciation, Sepico Records label. I hope that Gary Dane is eating healthily now and doing just fine. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's 20 minutes to 7. Arulf will help us to face the music at 7 today with a special freeform style show. And it's going to be some music in response to campaigns, calumnies. Is that how you pronounce it, sir? Calumnies? I must, I should know that word, and national elections. With visitations from Lord Buckley, Martin Mull, Fats Waller, John Lee Hooker, Bessie Smith, Eric Burden and War, Jane Cortez, Abby Lincoln and Max Roach, and many more, that is Face the Music at 7 this evening on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Also, not coincidentally, we are on WCBN.org. Now, here's a question for you. You must be wondering, how did we get so lucky to have Election Day on such a convenient day when we're not doing anything as Wednesday, whatever it's called, Tuesday? Thank you. Yes, that's right. In 1792, it goes like this. Federal law permitted each state to conduct presidential elections in the state, that is to choose their electors, at any time in a 34-day period, kind of like a one-month nationwide one-at-a-time primary kind of a thing, only the official election. This had to be before the first Wednesday in December, which was the day set for the meeting of the electors of the U.S. president and vice president, the electoral college, that is, 
in their respective states. An election date in November was seen as convenient because, and this is still true today, the harvest would have been completed, which is important in this agrarian society of ours, and the, wind, and the winter-like storms would not yet have begun in earnest. But states that voted later could be influenced by the results of other states, and so a uniform date for choosing presidential electors was instituted by the Congress in 1845. That was the Tuesday after the first Monday in November. The U.S. still largely an agrarian society in 1845. Farmers often needed a full day to travel by horse-drawn vehicles to the county seat to vote. Tuesday was established as Election Day because it did not interfere with the biblical Sabbath on Sunday or with Market Day, which was on Wednesday in many towns. Well, Ann Arbor Farmer's Market still has a Market Day of Wednesday, but it doesn't take nearly as long to get there unless, of course, you go by horse-drawn carriage, which is an option, perhaps, technically, but, but there you go. Now, here's an important run for president that happened quite a long time ago. This actually much later than 1845. This is 1932. Betty Boop ran for president, according to the cartoons. It went a little something like uh, this. Now we will give things for nothing, movies, cabarets, and jazz. 
rejected. You're an elephant. You're an ass. Okay, watch your radio carefully for these improvements. Watch carefully. What do you think of that, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty improved. Yeah. I like that improvement. Yeah. It would be a much better country if it sounded like that, wouldn't it? What? That was Betty Boop, and she ran for president in 1932. History does not record what happened in that election, nor the vote count, the Electoral College count. But nonetheless, she did vote. If you found yourself tempted to write in Betty Boop for president or anybody else, really, um, Eugene Chadbourne, we're going to actually hear uh, Randy Newman later. Randy Newman for president, that's an idea. You should know that in Michigan, you could write in anybody you want, but only seven actual people would count if you wrote them in. They are seven candidates approved for write-in status by the Michigan Bureau of Elections. And these seven people each filed a declaration of, of intent form with the state by the October 28th deadline. And I'd see this list. Betty Boop is not on the list. No, Betty Boop is not on the list, nor is Randy Newman. Uh, there is Monica Moorhead, a candidate for the Workers' World Party. Lawrence Kotlikoff, an economics professor. Uh, Tom Heffling, an anti-abortion activist. Ben Hartnell, a high school teacher in Westerville, Ohio, who's doing this partly as a civics lesson for his students. He just turned 35 and aims to be the first bearded president since Benjamin Harrison. This is all true. And several other people as well running for writing status. Actually, only those seven people, if you write them in, will count. But nonetheless, there are many choices, and there are some choices this year in terms of food-related proposals around the country. I wanted to share a few of those with you. Massachusetts could be the first state to regulate how chickens and cows live. Massachusetts is not a large producer of eggs or meat, says Politico, but animal rights groups and nationwide trade organizations are paying close attention. Question three on the ballot would require giving farm animals enough space to lie down, stand up, extend their limbs, and turn around, essentially banning inhumane, confined animal feeding operations. Proponents don't think that's asking for much. But opponents insist it would substantially raise egg prices because farms from outside the state would have to comply if they wish to import and sell their products in Massachusetts. The Humane Society of the United States has poured more than a million dollars into the Yes campaign, and if the measure passes, it could soon show up on ballots in other states. Also, soda taxes. When Berkeley, California imposed the nation's first soda tax in 2014, it was a defeat for the soft drink industry. If the industry believed the damage could be contained there, they were wrong. Earlier this year, Philadelphia's city council followed suit, enacting its own version of the soda tax. 
Now Big Soda faces a bigger obstacle in California. Voters in San Francisco, Oakland, and Albany will weigh in on the soda tax this November. Both the pro and anti sides have have their wallets ready. The beverage industry has already spent more than $30 million this election cycle. And anti-soda crusader Michael Bloomberg has personally contributed $9 million to the cause. And meanwhile, in the paper bag world, every county of Hawaii right now has banned single-use plastic bags. But technically, California could become the first state to implement the ban this November. The legislation was enacted by the California State Legislature, but could be overturned by a no vote from Californians. If the proposition passes, stores could only sell recyclable paper bags or reusable bags to its customers in California. So, some food-related bills across the country. Back to the thought of Randy Newman for president right now. This one is important. This is a piece of the pie And certainly there has been some discord in this election year. I don't know if you've noticed. And in fact, there are some discords in this song. And it's hard to understand what people are going on about sometimes. In fact, it's a little hard to hear what Randy Newman's saying sometimes. So, says Randy Newman, if you lived in Norway, you'd be fine right now. Get sick there, you make the doctor wait. If you lived in Belgium, you could meditate. And hey, the French fries are great. So there you go. And so let's take a listen to A Piece of the Pie by Randy Newman. I've got to focus real carefully right now because I have a word to leave out, a word that you can perhaps figure out for yourself. I'll allow you to use your imagination, perhaps. This is Randy Newman and Piece of the Pie. Get ready for Discord. Jackson Brown, Jackson Brown, Jackson Brown. 
My, my, that was Randy Newman for president. Okay, maybe he's not running for president, but that is a piece of the pie from Randy Newman's album Harps and Angels from 2008. Stinks here high and low, he says in the song. Here's some good news. Here's a place where it doesn't stink high and low nearly as much. This from the Associated Press. Uh, Associated this out of the Associated Press out of Lowell, Michigan. The operator of a biodigester in western Michigan has met a deadline to curb odors in the area. Wood TV reports Lowell Energy AD was in compliance as of Tuesday, avoiding the prospect of a shutdown after months of complaints by area residents. Lowell City and utility leaders earlier decided to let the company proceed with odor elimination plans. I think I need to get some odor elimination plans of my own. The city says the company added a new filter system and duct work to stop odors, which the TV station says were described as the as a cross between the odors were described the odors were described as a cross between raw sewage and animal carcasses. Mm-mm. That's what I like to smell in the morning. Lowell Energy last year opened its biodigester, which converts a mix of beer waste salad dressing, and manure into methane gas that powers a turbine and generates electricity, or a turbine for that matter. Beer waste, salad dressing, and manure. Now that sounds like a song. The biodigester has a 20-year deal to sell electricity to the city's utility. That's is in, that's as theirs is in Lowell, Michigan. That's the good news. It doesn't stink to high heaven anymore in Lowell, Michigan. And one final bit of uh, election fight here, a little bit of history for you here. This, if this, again, helps you to understand this year's election, I'm, I apologize. Quisp versus Quake Cereal. Ladies and gentlemen, before your very eyes, the Quaker Oats Company will now introduce two new cereals. I'm Quisp, the Quisp new cereal from outer space. The biggest selling cereal from Saturn to Alpha Centauri. Crisp is sugary sweet and vitamin charged to give you crazy energy. What's new with you? I am Quake, the power cereal from inner space. Here at the Earth's core, I make Quake with deep down sweetness and vitamins to give you the power of an earthquake. Get Quake. Crisp is better. Uh, fellas, why not leave it to the kids out there? Take sides with either Quake or Quisp. Or Quake. Or Quisp. Two new cereals from Quaker. <laughs> sort of a breakfast feud. Come on, kids, make your decision. Quisp or Quake. I don't think either is produced anymore, but in, right around 1972 when I was a kid, I, I was surprised to see they actually had a serious vote to decide which one would be discontinued, and us kids had a vote. It was kind of traumatizing to see one just go away. Isn't this all tra It's been a traumatizing time, hasn't it been? This has been Pandora's Lunchbox, Orwolf and Face the Music at 7, another show, not coincidentally, about the election. Was this really about the election for the last half hour? I don't even know. But here, stirred from his grave, is the ghost of Abraham Lincoln to send us out. 
This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thank you for listening. Keep doing that. This is The Skeptics from Maryland. Ghost of Abraham Lincoln, take one. Seven o'clock. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Time to face the music together. I'm only as good as the woman I'm with, and if she's a devil, will I find a level? I'm flexible. I'm only as smart. As the woman I'm with And if she's a dunce I'm stupid at once I'm flexible I'm only as hip as the people That hang around me I was nothing at all I slept out in the hall Then the beautiful people found me Now I'm beautiful too I do just what they do Used to be plastic And now I'm elastic I'm flexible 
flexibility made the most of me. I'm learning to roll with the punches. The opportunity came along to me, and now they take me out on hundred-dollar lunches. Cause I button my lip, and they all think I'm hip. So when you go on your trip, baby, please take my tip. Be flexible. 